0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. There's a that must be lifted. There's a trophy. Thank you for that, Landon and Ella. All I have needed, the Lord will provide. Amen? He is faithful. That is certainly a promise that God will keep. He keeps all of his promises, and I am thankful for them. I want you to hear a message this morning. Don't miss out on your miracle. Don't miss out on your miracle. Open your Bible again to Luke chapter 2, and understand that as we're reading, Jesus has been born. The Messiah has been born. It is 40 days after the event in Bethlehem, as far as the birth in Bethlehem, and now they are bringing Jesus to Jerusalem. We know it's 40 days because we read back in verse 22, after the days of her being Mary's purification, there was a 40-day period before they could go back to the temple. And so, therefore, they're going for that, and they're also going to basically buy the redemption. It was a tradition they did where they would go and they would present the baby on a silver platter, basically giving back what God had given them, the firstborn, the first son. They would then give back to God. It was a symbolic, but they would put him on a silver platter and present them to the priest. And then basically they would, in chains, they would get the baby back and they would put silver coins, but they were that baby was considered then redeemed. And it was symbolic of the redemption of God. It was a symbolic of the redemption of Israel. And that's what's taking place in this passage where we find the story of Simeon. And so I want you to understand that as we read this, that's kind of the context of what's happening here. And I'm going to read this again, and then we'll dive in to the message. Don't miss out on your miracle. Christmas is a season of miracles. That first Christmas was a miracle. All the things that took place, the virgin birth, the the, the way it took place, the timing that it took place, that God sent his son from heaven to earth, God in man's form was a miracle. All that he would do afterwards was a miracle. Paying our price on the cross and rising from the dead, proving the satisfaction of the debt was a miracle. And it all began, if you will, that picture begins with the birth of Christ. And so let's read now, again, verse 25. In fact, let's back up to verse 22, just kind of give you... um, Verse 21, and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, the name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him, being Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy To the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Uh, So that's what they would give in place of. Now now they use silver coins and different things, but that's what they would that was originally what the plan was. They would offer a sacrifice and receive the baby back again. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation there is the hope or waiting for, what was the hope? It was the Messiah, waiting for the Messiah of Israel. That's what that word consolation means. So he was waiting for the promised hope of the promised Savior, the Son of God, who would come. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now remember, Christ is actually the word, that's the title that's given to the Messiah. So when we say Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, that's what we're talking about. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, that's what we read back there in those verses previously, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us today to see that you have miracles in store for us just like you did At the first Christmas, just like you did for Simeon, you have purpose and plans and miracles for us. And God, that we would not miss them. God, help us not to miss all that you have for us and help us to learn the lesson and the example of Simeon here in this passage and to see the miracle of this story. In Jesus' name, amen. I recently saw on, it was a social media post, but I've seen different signs that say this. And there was a dear friend that I saw that posted this, and it caught my attention as I was preparing this message. And it said this, repeat after me, God will not let me miss out on what he has for me. And I thought about that for a moment, and I understand that it was trying to be encouraging and it was hopeful in all those things, but here's the truth. He will let you miss out. God has, Jeremiah 29 tells us, God has great plans in store for you. God has great things in store for you beyond your wildest imagination. But he will let you miss it if you don't look to him and trust him. He will. You can miss it. And so I don't want you and God doesn't want you to miss out on your miracle because you don't have to miss out on the miracles that God has for you. And I want to show you from this passage, from this part of the Christmas story, how you can find and how you can know all the wonderful God, uh, wonderful plans God has for you. And so I do want you to repeat after me, because we didn't do this yet this morning. Let's do this first. Let's say this together. This is the word of God. I will read it. I will believe it. I will obey it by the grace of God. We didn't do that. I wanted to do that. But also repeat after me. God has great things in store for me. Repeat that with me. God has great things in store for me. Do you believe that? I don't care what your age is, I don't care what your health condition is, I don't care what your spiritual condition is, I don't care where you're at in life, God has great things in store for you. He has plans, he has a purpose, he has miracles in store for you. There's no question about that whatsoever. You read the word of God and you know that it has to be true. And I want you to see that God has promises and God has a purpose for you. And I'm going to group them into two things, eternal promises and purpose and earthly promises and purpose. Now, the most important part is the eternal promise and purpose. God has eternal promises and purpose in store for you, planned for you. But you have to be willing to accept them, to embrace them. You have to be willing to believe them and trust God for them. And that is salvation. You have to turn to God and believe on him and repent of your sin in order to receive the gift of eternal life And salvation, therefore, a home in heaven, because Jesus said, I go away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I come again, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so therefore, salvation, a home in heaven, is promised. Salvation is prepared for you is planned for you, you have to believe it and accept it. And once you do, then he has a home for you. And also, if you live your life for him, he has rewards for you. If you read your Bible, it talks about how you can receive crowns and your works will be tried by fire. And the things that you've done for God will remain, the gold, the silver, the gemstones. And then you'll receive rewards, which we will then cast back at Jesus' feet because we only could do it because of what he did and what he does for through us but there's rewards for your service in heaven that's promised eternal things in store for you eternal life in store for you god intends it bible says that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come unto unto forgiveness of sin and everlasting life doesn't want anybody to die and go to a sinner's hell there will be people that do but that's not his desire for you and so, therefore, he has eternal promises. He also has eternal purpose. One day in heaven, you're going to have a, you're going to be in a perfect place, in a with a perfect rest, with a perfect God, with a perfected people. All those who have put their faith in God will be made perfect, just like Jesus, just like God. And we will be together forever in heaven in a perfect place. Oh, and what are we, what are we going to do while we're there? We're going to glorify him forever and ever and ever. There's an eternal purpose that you have. There's also earthly promises. So God will save you in this life. Yes, that's eternal, really. But there is hope that we have of salvation, of the home of heaven, that we can live with in this life. I have a hope that there is more life than this. I have a true hope knowing that there's more beyond just what happens in my life. I have a hope in Jesus Christ. I have hope and so can you. There's a promise of hope. There's a promise of peace and comfort. We just talked about Francis Merck and they've called in Uh, The family, now for Francis Merck, it seems that she is not far from the portals of glory for her. But there is peace for her in the passing. There is peace for the family if their faith is in Jesus. There is peace, there is comfort, there is strength that is available for you and me in this life. Yes, the Bible tells us we will go through troubles, we will go through trials, we will go through temptations, we will go through storms, but in the midst of it all, there's Jesus, and that's a promise. And the purpose is God has a will for you in that storm, in that journey, in that life, in your life. God has a purpose or purposes. For you, to glorify him, yes, to tell about him, yes, but he has different things that he's called different ones of us to. In other words, what he's called me to is maybe different in some ways than what he's called you to. Uh, Landon believes God's called him to music ministry, and so therefore that may be different than what he's called you to. He's called you to a different ministry. It's still all service. It's still to all be ministry to him. We're all to be ministers. We're all to be servants, but in different ways. You understand that, but we all have a purpose or purposes in this life, and God will see you through it if you're looking to him, if your faith is in him, if you're trusting in him for his strength, his power in your life. God has promises. God has purposes. God has plans for you, eternal and temporal, earthly. We all understand that. So the second part of that, in that, is that God has not just promises and purposes for you, but God desires that you will receive all of his purposes and plans. God desires that for you. There's no question that God has it for you. Now the question is, does God want me to know about it and find it? And of course he does. He doesn't stand there and say, I've got something wonderful for you. Guess what it is? Uh, no, he doesn't say, okay, uh, I'm going to hide it from you. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, listen, I've got some wonderful things. You know, it'd be a terrible thing if at Christmas, uh, it doesn't matter the age of the child, but especially a small child. If you tell him, man, just wait till Christmas, you know, Santa's going to come and bring gifts or mommy and daddy are going to bring gifts or whatever you tell your, that child and then on Christmas morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to open those gifts. And I've got something great for you. And then the child wakes up and he says, I'm not going to show it to you. I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, it's somewhere in this town. You've got to find it. And I'm not going to give you any clues to it. And I'm make it really hard. That's not what you would do to the child. And God does not do that to you. God desires for you to receive all that he has for you it is not hidden now that doesn't mean that god just presents it to you on a silver platter but it's not hidden the bible tells us you don't have to turn there i'm going to read this to you because i'm going to get to simeon in just a moment but psalm 145 18 says the lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him and all to him this is the key All to them that call on him in truth. So there are people that call on him for all kinds of reasons, but are they really putting their trust in him and calling on him with the pure trust and purpose of God? I want what you want for me. Calling on him in truth. The Bible also says ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. It's not hidden but you do have to be willing to do a little work. By work God gives you the strength to do that work but it's not just there it is right there for you dig in. It's hey seek me trust me look to me, follow me, being Christ. Now, if you're like me, and especially when I was a young teenager, when I was my kid's age, I was like, what on earth does God want me to do? I can't seem to find it. In fact, for many of my years, I did not find it up until my 27th birthday. I did not find it, 28th birthday. I did not find it, for a number of reasons but one of them was i wasn't looking for it i was looking for what i wanted what i thought i wanted i was looking for what god wanted i was looking for what i wanted and so therefore it's not always easy to find what god has for you god has it for you he doesn't make it hard for you but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily easy for you do you understand the difference some things are not some things are hard but God isn't making it hard on you to find his will and purpose and promises for you, but you do have to put forth some effort that God gives you the strength to do. Let me give you some verses for that. Well, number one, we can always go back to the fact that there's basically two paths that you can take. There is a wide gate that leads to destruction, and there a wide path, and it's and it, and it's many find it. And then there is a straight, narrow gate that leads to life, and few there be that find it. But we also look in Jeremiah 29, 13, and it says, And when you seek me and find me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. In other words, for us to find what God's purpose is, we can't just be like, Well, you know what? I'm kind of curious. And if it just kind of if I stumble into it, then I'll be glad to know about it. That's not how it works. When you seek him, I really want to know. And by the way, that's not just for young people. That's for you older people, wherever you're at in your life now. What does God have for you now, purpose-wise? Do you really want to know? Are you really seeking what God has for you? His promises, his plans, his purpose for you now. You've got to really look for it. It can't be, well, if I, you know, I'm going to turn this over here and I don't see it there and I don't see it there. Well, I'm just going to go on with the rest of my life because I couldn't find it. God clearly didn't want me to know about it. Or I'm just not willing to put in that much effort. No, it says when you seek me with all your heart. Now that leads me to the story of Simeon. Now when I read this story this time, I saw things that I had never seen seen before. My eyes were open to things that I had never realized before. And that's why I want you to see this story of Simeon. This person who was given a promise. It says that the Holy Spirit had pro- God had promised him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Now, I'm sure there were other promises that he had, but that was the great promise. Wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And he found it. Now, I want you to understand in the it's not easy part of this, the story of Simeon, because I think we get the idea that Jesus was carried in, and there was Simeon at the doors of the temple, and there it was. And Simeon said, well, here I go. There's the, this is the Messiah. That's not exactly what happened. You see, the, the temple complex under Herod was massive. Now, when Solomon created the temple, the first temple... It was beautiful and unlike anything the world had ever seen. People traveled from all over the world to see the temple. When it was then destroyed, uh, uh, Israel was taken captive, Judah was taken captive, and Jerusalem was destroyed. And then they rebuilt it, and it was kind of small. And then Herod, who is taxing the people greatly, and they hated him for it, but in an effort to kind of appease the people, he expanded the temple, and rebuilt it into a beautiful, wonderful thing again. And in doing so, the, the, the hope was that he would kind of satisfy the people, that their tax dollars weren't just going towards his purposes, but to something that was really important to them. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand. The temple was on a mountain, and it was small, but he expanded it so it took up nearly the entire top of the mountain that it sat on. The size of the temple complex, we I think most of us get in our mind the picture of a church. And, they, and we understand it had a, you know an outer maybe you understand it had an outer court, maybe you understand it had the holy place and then the Holy of Holies, and there was some furniture. And we get in our mind, if you're like me, a church building and maybe the parking lot around the church building. And maybe you even think, well, it was probably bigger than that, so it was a big church. It was like New Spring or it was like whatever big church you want to think of around here. Rock Springs or whatever. And so it had a bigger parking lot. The temple complex at this time was at least 40 acres. Now, to give you an idea of how big that is, some of you may understand how big that is, it was around the size of 300 acres football fields. Y'all aren't as moved by that as I am. That's a big place. And understand that around this time of year, it would have been bustling with people and activity in Jerusalem. In fact, remember when Jesus enters his public ministry, he goes into the temple complex, and what are they doing? It's like a flea market. It's a bazaar, and people are selling Animals. There's all kinds of. There's all kinds of, It's like a marketplace. And Jesus drives out the money changers. And later he overturns tables. And he says, "My house was to be a house of prayer. And you turn into a den of thieves." And so think of all the people that would have been there, bringing sacrifices. All people there that were changing money. All people that were buying animals and doves and various things. In fact, one of the problems was people were. Now you understand. The complex was so big that people, instead of going around the temple, would just cut through 300 football fields. Now, I'm not saying that's like 300 Death Valleys of Clemson because it's bigger than just a football field. But if you just put 300 Death Valleys, you'd get an idea of how big this was. And most people, when you, if you're trying to walk from one side of Clemson to the other or Clemson's campus, you don't walk around, you would go through. But that was against the law. They weren't supposed to be doing that, but people were because it was so massive. And so, therefore, this is the place that Simeon finds Jesus. amongst. If, again, if you just happen to, by happenstance, to walk down to the Flea market, and I don't know how many acres the flea market in Pickens is, but just picture something that size, probably, and you just happen to run into somebody, and you have to be there at just the right time, in just the right place, in just the right moment, and you meet what God has for you. That's what happened to Simeon. And so, therefore, the thing I want you to understand is that Simeon's story is possible. Finding God's purposes and plans for you, it's not always easy. It sometimes is difficult because we're human and we fail and we, we have our own desires. But it is possible in God's timing, in God's way. Simeon's purpose, purpose rather, was fulfilled. God was faithful to keep his word to Simeon. And so I want you to see that in that miracle of Simeon meeting the Messiah that they've been waiting for for 4,000 years since Genesis 3.15. They've been waiting for for 2,000 years, 2,500 years really, but 2,000 years since Abraham. And now in this year, in this moment, in that time, in that hour, on that day, 40 days after that first Christmas morning, Simeon meets Mary and Joseph and Jesus. That is a miracle. And God can meet your miracles and fulfill His promises to you just like He did with Simeon if we follow these keys to finding all that God has for you. Number one key, very quickly, if you're going to find all that God has for you, you first have to find God. You first have to have salvation. You first have to be saved and received the Holy Spirit. Now, where do I get that from? Because I want you to see these verses and these phrases right here. Look at verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. But look at the phrase, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, understand, before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit was sent, after the ascension of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, same person, didn't indwell people it came and rested upon them for for a period of time you and i when we get saved and since really the book of acts the early church when a person repented and put their faith in christ the holy spirit comes and lives inside of you forever at least forever in your life and then you'll live the holy spirit in heaven forever but forever but in the old testament and up to this point in time The Holy Spirit would come and rest upon people for a period of time. The person that most prominently comes to mind was Samson. The Holy Holy Spirit came the power of God, came upon him for a while, and he had great strength to do great things. There were others where the Bible says the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost came upon them. So it came upon Simeon, but to put it in modern terms, he would indwell us. So in other words, for him to be upon you, he has to indwell you. So therefore, the first thing you have to do to find God's will and God's purpose and God's plans for you is to be saved because that is the first thing, the first step of anything God has for you is for you to come to know him, the repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, and for you to be a child of God, forever saved, forever forgiven of your sin, that's the first step key. The Holy Spirit was upon him or was in him. I want you to see the second key. The second key is this. So first key, you have to be saved. If you're not saved, you're never going to receive all that God has for you because you didn't receive the son that was given for you. Makes sense. Number two, he was attentive or he was intent on the Holy Spirit. Look down there, so the Holy Ghost was upon him. But look in verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So what does it mean, revealed to him? He was told. Whether he was told audibly, whether he was told visibly, like in a vision, in a dream, doesn't say. But he was listening and paying attention to the Holy Spirit. There's so many times that we miss what God has for us because we're so busy with other things we're not paying attention to the still quiet voice, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And we miss what God is telling us or we miss what God is promising us. We aren't reading our word. We're not spending time in prayer. We're not spending time in his house. We're not spending time around the things of God. And we're so busy with all of our other, our plans our purposes, our promises, that we miss out on God's greater plans, greater greater purposes, and greater promises. But Simeon, not only did he have the Holy Spirit upon him, or let's just use the word in him if we're using today's terms, but also he was paying attention. He was interested in what the Holy Spirit wanted him to hear and to say. Why is it that we see over and over again in the book of Revelation when the seven letters are written to the seven churches? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. We've got to be attentive and desiring to have that relationship so that we can know what is going on. My wife has to tell me all the time. She has to kind of, you know, do one of these things. Look right here. Pay attention to me. Put down your phone. Take off the earbuds. Turn off the TV because she knows if I have something else distracting me, I'm going to miss it. And so, therefore, the Holy Spirit wants that for you. Put down the other things for a moment. Listen to what the Holy Spirit has for you and is telling you and the steps that he's guiding you in the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And certainly that was taking place here and he was attentive and it was revealed unto him, but also because he was attentive and revealed unto him, he also yielded to him. Because look at the next thing. This is step number three. If you want to find all that God has for you, you have to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have to be paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying and showing you. But you also have to be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit where you are to go. It is not insignificant that it says right here, verse 27, and he came... By what? What does it say there, verse 27, into the temple? He came by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into the temple. At that day, on that day, at that hour. Remember, keep in mind now, Jesus was there because he was with who? He was with Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were there. Why? Because they were following the the law, and they had come from where? Bethlehem, where he was born, to Jerusalem for that moment in time to do what they were to do according to the law. And it was just that they were there at the right time, the right place, because God worked it out. Because later they go back to Bethlehem, and then they move to Egypt, and then they come back and they're in Nazareth. And so therefore, we need to understand this was a miracle this took place, but the Holy Spirit led him right there, right then, for that moment, so he could receive the promises that God had for him. He was led by the Spirit. So don't miss. You've got to have the Spirit You've got to be paying attention to the Spirit, and you've got to yield to the Spirit if you want to know what God has for you, all the purposes, all the plans, all the promises. But I also want you to see this right here. You say, but preacher, I want to do that, but it's been so long, and it's hard, and I get distracted sometimes, but God, I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it doesn't seem like God is showing me the next step. Understand that Simeon was... An old man. And we know that because he says, okay, now I can die. Because I have met the Lord's anointed, the Messiah. I've seen with my eyes thy salvation. And so therefore, all his life, and we know that he was demonstrating patience. Patience. So, yes, you've got to have the Holy Spirit in you. You've got to be paying attention to the Holy Spirit. You've got to be led and following, yielding to the Holy Spirit. But keep on keeping on. Don't give up say, well, I've done that for this many years, preacher, but it's just been long enough. Keep on keeping on because it had been a long time. And it said that he was just and devout, waiting patiently for the consolation, the Messiah of Israel. Just hold on. Keep on waiting. God has great things in store for you. He will reveal them to you in his time. If you're willing to look, if you're willing to pour your heart into what he has for you and be patient. He believed the word of God. He believed God's promises and he was faithful all along the way. Keep serving God wherever he's got you for however long he has you there. And when he leads you somewhere else, be faithful there until he moves you to something new. Your purpose may be for years and years and years. It may be for a short time. It doesn't matter. God will keep using you as long as you are being faithful and willing to look to him and to trust in him and to believe in him. And he demonstrated great patience, and so must we, if we're to receive all that God has for us. And I want you to see the last key. He also, in the end, what did Simeon do? He didn't say, well, that's great, you've shown me that, I've lived a great life, and I'm good, let's go on. No, he praised God. He gave thanks to God. He acknowledged God. He gave God glory. Look in 28 and 32. Then he took him up in his arms and he did what? He blessed God. He praised God and he declared, Now, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten who? The Gentiles not just the jews oh yes he includes the glory of the people israel but for all people he praised god he testified about god's goodness and faithfulness he demonstrated appreciation for god when god shows you what he has for you even just a piece of it don't just take it be like well that's great i earned this no give glory to god and then get ready for the next promise, the next purpose that God has for you. And be satisfied. That's what Simeon did. He said, "That I'm satisfied. I can depart in peace. He didn't mean depart from the temple complex. He meant depart this life. Because God has fulfilled his promise to me. Oh, the biggest reason we miss out on what God's promises and purposes for us is is because we see them and we're like that spoiled little child that we see in the Christmas movie or we see in the store or that we hear about or maybe even is in our own little family or maybe even we were at once upon a time where we received that gift and we're like that's it and you missed the whole thing he was satisfied with what God had for him God is good God is faithful to fulfill his goodness. Understand that, believe that, and be willing to receive that. And I close with this. Here's the thing that I I missed every time I've read this story. I've missed this. I've always thought that Simeon was a priest in the temple. I don't know why I thought that. It doesn't say that. I guess it's because he went there and there was Simeon waiting for him, but he wasn't. I guess I thought that because later it has Anna, a prophetess, also in the same place at the same time, and she was a prophetess that served in the temple area. But he wasn't. It doesn't say what he was. But I think from reading this, it's clear that he was not a priest. He was not a Levite. He, He may have been a Levite, but he was not a priest. He was not a preacher. He was not a prophet. He was not an author of a book in the Bible. He was not a king or a prince or anything else. Go back to verse 25. And what does it say? And behold, there was a what? What does it say? A man just like you and me. This wasn't King David we're talking about. This wasn't Solomon we're talking about. This wasn't Herod we're talking about. This wasn't a priest. It wasn't the high priest. It wasn't even somebody serving in the temple. He just happened to be there because I want to be around the things of God and I want to be, follow the Holy Spirit's leading in my life and God led him right into the greatest miracle of his life and I'm telling you that if you have God living in your life and you're living for God and you're listening intent to what God has for you, to what God is saying to you. And God, I want to know with all my heart where you want me to be, what you want me to do, and I'll do it as long as I've got to do it. And God, I'm going to be satisfied with whatever it is you have for me that I'm telling you that at the right moment, the right time, God will say, here it is. And we'll say, glory to God. Glory. Praise God. Because you, like Simeon, And like me, oh, I know I'm a preacher, but I'm just a man. I'm just a person. I'm nobody special in the world's eyes. Simeon was nobody special in the world's eyes, but he was special to God. And so are you. Oh, God has so much for you. God has wonderful things in store for you. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how healthy you are, it doesn't matter what color you are, what language you speak, or where you're from. God has great things in store for you. Don't miss what God has for you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd be with us, that you would speak to us. God, that you would help us to seek all that you have for us all of our days, that we would not grow weary, that we would not give up. And Father, when we do, just like Simeon, God, there's no evidence that Simeon was not a perfect man, but God, he had been faithful and he was devout. And Father, he was waiting long for the hope that was your son. And God, there are some that have been waiting long and serving long, and God, that you would give them the strength they need to keep on going and the the strength to keep on seeking. And God, there are some that are here that are just the beginning of their journey, and God, I pray that you would give them the patience and the long-suffering and the strength that they need to find all that you have for you, that we would want all that you have for us. God, help us, I pray. If there's any here today or listening to the sound of my voice that do not, first of all, have you, that today they would understand the greatest gift that ever was given was given that first Christmas when Jesus was born. And Jesus lived a sinless life, and Jesus lived as our example, but He died as our sacrifice to pay the price of our sin and that we would put our faith in Him, in Him alone, and trust in Him and ask Him to forgive us of our sin and invite Him in and He will come to live in us. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.